great. Well, welcome to another episode of Deserts to Mountaintops. My name is Jess Buchanan. I am the founder of Soul Speak Press, which is a non-traditional publishing company for women who've been through something. Now they know something and they want to teach us something. And I am joined here today with another one of our anthology authors for our third volume. Sorry, not our third, our second volume. Getting ahead of myself. Uh, Deserts to Mountaintops, Choosing Our Healing Through Radical Self-Acceptance. Uh, Delia Sullivan is here with us to share a little bit about her story of her desert moment to her mountaintop and then about the writing process. Delia, welcome. Thank you. So great to be here. I have so enjoyed working with you. You have been um, so present and so available um, for whatever this writing process this project was going to bring to you. At least that's how I have experienced you. Um, I'm wondering, like, are you like that with everything in your life or did this, <laughs> was it just this particular event? Oh, well, I would like to think that I'm present with most things that I've been doing. I think that's been a, a lifelong um, exercise for me. Um, I like to have my fingers in a lot of different things. I have a creative brain. So um, always thinking of ideas, but actually um, I think really finishing something is um, feeling like this particular project is like huge for me from going from point A to the end. Um, and really, I think when you're, when you're passionate about something or you're passionate about something you want to share that that comes a little bit more naturally Mm -hmm. So that this definitely is an example of that, this project for sure. That's amazing. Well, why don't you take us back to the desert? Like what, what happened? And um, then just maybe shortly share about your journey up to the mountaintop and what, what that looked like and how that came about. Sure. Well, I think my story is a little, um, maybe different some, than some of the other ones because mm -hmm. started my stories when I was eight starts when I was eight years old but fast forwarding I feel like my desert moment was really when I heard these two words and then also when I um when I read these two words and then I listened to these two words which were anyway emotional detachment and lack of self-love so mm -hmm. in an experience that was in one of our uh planning one of our wisdom circles, um, we were talking about the heart chakra and we always, you know, do a lot of research and then we brainstorm together. And when talking about the negative impacts of a, um, of the heart chakra, when I saw the words uh, emotional detachment and then a lack of self-love, I thought, Ooh, and that really kind of was like this little pricker pricker. And and then I started sort of feeling this bubbling up, this story bubbling up from when I was eight years old. And so I feel like that was, I, I had been in the desert all along up until um, now, but yeah. then not really realizing that it was my desert. And, but at that point it, it became real. It was like, mm -hmm. wow, that's me. Like, and that's not a good place to be. Mm. Um, and so that was, I, I feel like that was kind of my desert moment when I realized that that I was in the desert. I had been in the desert. Um, and then getting to the mountaintop was 
this particular situation where we were doing, we were learning. And um, one of the things that we did was write a love letter to ourselves. Mm. And I remember in most situations I would have, and I think probably most people too, maybe you would, you would, you know, take the pen and paper and sort of, okay, you know, what do I love about myself? But I didn't have to think about it at all that I just stream of consciousness wrote this love letter to myself that I find remarkable. <laughs> and that I feel like between the uh, planning this women's wisdom circle around this heart chakra and about what we could learn about it, I ended up with a story that I had to really look at and say, kind of examined it and was like, and as, as it was arriving and I was getting emotional, which is kind of unusual for me. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, I felt like my mountaintop was allowing that story to unfurl and come out that I, and unstuck. Yeah. So. Okay. So what was that story? Like, you know, obviously not giving us the whole, the whole thing, but um, and also like, what was it about emotional detachment that resonated with you? Well, the emotional detachment, I think was because it was a traumatic event. Um, I, I mean, the rest of my, or up until just a few years ago, I was living kind of hovering above my reality when things got difficult or uncomfortable conversation or uncomfortable situations. Um, I would just kind of detach myself, go, you know, I have to kind of take a break, but then going back to the actual story or starting at the actual story, it was, um, I was eight years old and there was a traumatic accident. And I remember just witnessing all that was going on and feeling like I had just, I was having an out of body experience. Mm -hmm. And so I just stood there with not knowing what to do because given the situation, I was alone just because there, there was other things that needed to be tended to. Right. So, um, and then I think something happened during that and it just landed in my heart and I just never was able to let it go. And I think as, over time, you know, I was young and, and as you were a child and so you, you, you absorb things or hear things or, you know, certain way than you would if you'd had 50, 60, 50 more years. Um, so I then, I think because I witnessed the accident and nothing, and I was unharmed, then I had this sense of not being worthy of love for a really long time. Like, you know, because you had survived. Yes, exactly. Mm. Um, and I think, and I was soon to find out that, you know, that's actually, you know, survive a characteristic of survivor's guilt mm -hmm. and of having this, um, uh, negative effects of the, our characteristics of the heart chakra. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, and I do believe in, you know, when we have some, uh, when we have emotional things or, uh, even stress that things land in our, on our, on, in our, and, and, in, in and on our bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they just find a place to take up space and real estate. <laughs> and did so, that happen for you? What's that? Did that happen for you? Like that, that heaviness, that, that trauma, did it manifest in your body in some way? I asked absolutely in my heart. I believe it was right in my heart. So I kind of hardened a bit throughout my life. And, um, 
uh, you know, sort of a detached myself, hovered above things that were going on instead of saying, I don't like that or that, you know, I'm not a, yeah. And I just kind of stayed small and quiet and, and uh, really didn't know how to, um, you know, it was 1967, I guess, or 73, sorry. Um, it was a long time ago and I don't, there was no uh, resources that we used to kind of process what had happened. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I just learned to, well, and, and, and the good news is that another a positive effect um, uh, or characteristic of the heart chakra is being grateful mm-hmm. uh, or gratitude. And so I very much feel like I have always been extremely grateful for, or sort of feeling this like, oh, I really didn't just des- like, do I really deserve that? Mm-hmm. You know, that really happened or how can life be so good? Like, mm-hmm. Or something bad's going to happen mm-hmm. to even this outside thing. So. Right. Do you feel that way now? I don't. I don't. And I, I that I have definitely um, worked on over the years, feeling like, you know, it's, you know, your, your attitude, your positivity, you know, those things, you kind of get what you receive. Yeah. You, yeah. You, yes. Was that what I said? Yeah. You get what you give. Yeah. I knew what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. You got to give it to live it. So it's like, um, yeah. And as I, you know, I, I matured since I was eight. Yeah. (laughs) But it's those things, right. That happened to us in those early, early years that they define us and they change the trajectory of our lives in some ways. I really, really believe. Um, cause those are the, those are the moments where we start believing who we are and what we're worth and why we're here. And even if we can't articulate it, I think that that's what's being messaged to us. Um, and so being a survivor of a traumatic accident, of course, is going to traumatize you, but then also, um, it's going to affect the way you move around in the world. And if no one's having those conversations with you as an eight-year-old, of course, you're going to carry that around. And I think, you know, there are so many things, of course, I'm so very intimately acquainted with your, your story and your chapter because I've read it probably at least 10 times. Um, but there are moments in it that I, even though I didn't experience the same circumstances I can totally resonate with. And one of those moments was um, you write about attending an AA meeting with a family member and thinking your little like nine-year-old self or 10-year-old self at this point thinking, oh, I hope someday I become an alcoholic so I have somewhere to go so I can just like be open and be myself and be accepted. Yes. Yes. I remember I was 12 then. Twelve, okay, and, and I, I thought that was so profound. <laughs> yes, and that was a vivid, vivid memory. Um, and we went to several of them, m- many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents had divorced, and we were—that's what we would do after a, an early dinner. Um, and uh, it was this—it was just this sense of it was like, oh. And I think, you know, I was 12 by then. So I was aware, a lot more mm-hmm. aware. 
And I just felt this sense of, wow, these people, they just listen to each other and they just tell what they, you know, speak what they want to speak. And they obviously all had this connection of um, recovery. But uh, I thought, wow, if I had, you know, which is actually kind of interesting because I think about that, like, you know, if I had been, if I'd gone to a therapist or if there was a counselor at school or, you know, and my parents were amazingly loving and, yeah. you know, and uh, so there was no, it wasn't like there was neglect. It was this, that that was a time when they were really young. So, yes. um, but I was definitely resonating with, I want to, I want to be able to share my story. Like I have something too, just feeling like I was, you know, still struggling with the fact that, um, I had walked away unscathed. Yeah. Um, uh, physically that is. Yeah. Do you feel like that impacts people from sharing their stories? Like it, does that keep people from speaking their truth? Cause that resonates with me. I think there, there's largely, Like, I think until, you know, maybe the last couple of years, I've always been, I've been open about what happened to me and the kidnapping and everything, but I haven't talked about it in the way that I talk about it now. And I think that there was a guilt, like maybe survivor's guilt in a way too, that I really connect with. And I wonder if you think people walk around especially women afraid to tell their stories because of that. Because of the guilt? Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine because there's, you know, like a lot of, I think, I think the, the shame around, like we create this shame, mm -hmm. you know, like, or, or there's this lack of control. Like I couldn't, there's nothing you could do. There's yeah. Not, you know what it wasn't, it, there's nothing that you can do about it or debt or do it at, or at the time. Um, so I, I think just in general, I think people sometimes hesitate to tell their stories and especially, you know, when it's something where there's guilt or shame around mm -hmm. and then they realize maybe sometimes that someone else may not have the exact same experience, but they feel that same way mm -hmm. and they're like, wow. Or, you know, I think too, I think some, I feel like sometimes, um, because I'm going to give myself some credit here because I've done a lot of work and just been a curious person and wanting to live as fully as possible that I feel like I've done a lot of personal work. Like I've learned when I learn something, I'm like, great. Okay. This is, this is expanding my, my, uh, my life more, you know, just like in this situation, like that breaking through free of that burden is like, I feel like a new person. Mm -hmm. And that it's given me permission to shine. And um, so I think that when we share our stories, then I think we actually, if so somebody resonates with it, then they may share theirs and then we can all kind of heal together as one. Yeah. Universe. Yeah. It's a ripple effect, right? Yes. Yes. So I guess in a sense, I, my next question was going to be like, why did you decide to share your story in this way? through writing and contributing to this anthology? Well, I had been doing a lot of writing the last three years um, and I really was enjoying writing and I'm in a writing group um, where we, uh, 
you know, take, have prompts and then you create these stories mm -hmm. and they can be fiction or nonfiction. And I just, that's to me, that's like, you know, going for a run or something. It just feels really good. And, and there's no, you know, going back and checking or spelling or anything. You just stream of consciousness type thing. And so I just felt, felt like I had like something in me. Like I was like, ah, I just have a lot in here and I need to, I just need to get it down on paper, but it wasn't anything specific until I had this experience um, in, in that women's circle where I became emotional and that story, this whole heart chakra thing, like thinking about, and then those words, emotional detachment and self lack of self-love. I was like, Oh, that's a lot. But then it just, you know, how things happen um, timing wise and, and when you had this next volume, I, I probably was like the first person that got on your, I'm like, girl, I think I'm really resonating with this. <laughs> so I, uh, I did a lot less, you know, figure, you know, thinking, oh, there's a lot going on or this stuff. So I was like, I really need to do this. And i really want to commit to this. And, um, so it's life-changing really. Wow. Well, and it's interesting to me too, because this happens sometimes. You came in thinking you were going to write about your breast cancer journey, and that is not what came up. That is not what came out. It was completely different. And so, um, yeah, like, I were you surprised by that? Um. I was a little surprised, but then I thought, but that's not really the story I want to tell mm. you know, when I thought about it, because I had also actually have a whole body of work around that. And I just could never get the, the whole, like figuring out how to get it into a book was, I mean, it's edited, it's not edited, but it's, it's a good, I had somebody help me for a while. Um, but I just thought, then this, I was like, no, this, this is, I, I didn't feel as much like I needed to heal from that breast cancer story. It was more of a just sharing, okay. you know, so um, I'm, you know, I may be more well-equipped to finish that, but this was like, no, this is something that I, I think I would, I, I just needed to get out for me. And then also I thought that it would resonate with people in a lot of different, different ways, hopefully. Um, so I think that I want to pick up on something really quick that you said just now that's really interesting to me. I'm going to write it down on my my desk calendar. So you started this project with the intention of moving through this experience and healing and using writing as a tool for healing. Yes, I feel like I, I feel, I felt like I had, you know, after having this experience and getting emotional and, you know, realizing that I, I have these characteristics of um, emotional detachment and uh, like, it's easy for me to just kind of go, boop. Mm. And then the, the lack of self-love, just that um, I feel like there was, I would find that I'd be unworthy or I'd be like, how did I get this lucky to have this family and, mm -hmm. you know, all this love or whatever it is, all these things. Um, and I didn't realize that actually writing your story. And then I remember at one point, like halfway through, I was like, I don't want to hear my story anymore. Like <laughs> so many times is we've had, you know, the multiple drafts and you're uh -huh. reading, reading it. And part of that was like, wow, 
this is good because it was sort of sealing the deal, right? Signing on the dotted line yeah. that I I had I was healing, but then there was more healing that just came from that. And and then so much excitement at the end about uh, I feel really good about this being out into the world because there is that vulnerability. And yeah. I was really concerned about, you know, making my parents look like they were negligent parents and that, you know, I didn't. You did not for the record. They, I know. And they I like, come across as very loving and very wonderful. <laughs> but I, um, so in any event, uh, I, I think I, rem I think I might've gone off on a tangent a little bit ago because what I wanted to say also about the sharing your stories or, you know, talking about your story, whether it's in, you know, not in a book, was that I think a lot, I felt like sometimes people look at me because maybe I'm, you know, I seem calm or, you know, or, you know, life on the outside looks so great is that I still have a really shitty story. Lots of them, you know what I mean? Like we all have things that, that, and it's just a matter of how we, manipulate and and go down that path and usually it's a lot of winding turns and if you don't take a lot of winding turns you can keep going straight and 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 not but I wanted to say you know I had an experience one time where a woman came up and was like you're so perfect you're so this in your family and I wanted to just shake her and say you know we all have stuff mm -hmm. we all have stuff I'm not any different than anyone else I yeah. just moved through it in the way I moved through it and um and get out of the desert and up to the mountain top yeah. in yeah. multiple ways. Like you've always said, like we, we were filled with stories and we're filled with experiences and yeah. take them each as they come. Well, I, for one, am very grateful that you decided to entrust me and um, the cohort that has written together um, for Deserts to Mountaintops, Volume Two, um, to to share this part of, this part of your journey, and um, it's it's a mountain range, right? You get to the summit of one, and then you look around, and you're like, well, huh, there's there's so much more to go. <laughs> hmm. And so, um, I hope you feel like celebratory and proud of yourself and, um, you know, the sense of accomplishment for having gotten to the summit emotionally. And then just like practically and logistically, I think that's a really good point that you made early on that you finished this, you know, so many, I think the statistic is that 97% of people that start a book um, never finish it. And I think that I, I hope that that speaks to the power of just the collective and the community and the the group peer pressure <laughs> to, right, to right, work right. together and <laughs> um, to have deadlines and to have to depend on each other because we are all very dependent on each other for the success of this um, a book. And we do want it to get out to as many people as possible. Um so that they can have an opportunity to heal and, and transform. So um, thank you, Delia. Thank you. Can I share one more thing? Of course. I, would, I just wanted, I just was remembering uh, earlier today that one of the best moments was when I was having a really hard time wrapping up the, the ending. And so I reached out to you. I was at my wits end and reached out to you and you we were brainstorming about the ending and 
you helped me see the golden thread. You called it that golden thread. And we, and, and then it, how that golden thread just took me right to what I'm doing, the work that I'm doing in the world. And it was really like, and I just thought, oh, that's why Jess is Jess. She's amazing. And um, so I really, really appreciate that. And that is definitely my, my favorite memory. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. And I remember that call and I was like, I felt so bad that you had been, um, stressed because there's always a way like we'll always find that golden thread but i know when you're in it it's hard to see the what is that saying the forest for the trees or whatever you know because it's just like word lettuce salad word salad and it's just like all becomes like uh um and i think that that's the power of having somebody else like sit with you in it and listen and have fresh perspective um and that's the whole point of coaching really you know um, so I'm so grateful and that it has been a positive experience for you. Absolutely. I, it's, it's, it was, a, um, one of my favorite, uh, g- gifts to myself. I love that. I love that you're framing it as a gift to yourself because it's all, it is a gift to yourself and it's a gift to the world. Thank you. Um, where can people find you if they want to learn more about your women's, uh, circles and, and the other work that you're doing? Um, well, actually I have a brand new website, which I'm super excited about. So deliasullivan.com should be able to find everything there. I have a newsletter that is somewhat sporadic. So you can <laughs> subscribe if you want to, or, or, uh, or shoot me an email or whatever, and I can add you to the list, but, um, the website's the best place to find me for now. Perfect. Thanks, Delia. Thanks for everything you're doing. Thank you. Take care. It was fun. Mm-hmm.